Oh, at least, at least now we don't have to have all the anxiety for the next few games. Ugh. But I'm sad. We're just going to have a mourning day. We're just going to. But anyway, I'm just, I'm glad God's the ultimate winner. You know what I mean? So that's good. Well, anyway, lots of comments, lots of opinions, but uh, I'm glad you're in church on Sunday. Thank you for being here. How many of you normally come on Saturday? Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, okay. Well, we're glad to have you on a Sunday. I love the story of one of the families in our church. Their kids always came on Saturday night with them for years, and their little boy was like seven years old, and they said, you know, you have a game on Saturday night, so we're going to go to church on Sunday. And he looked up at him, and he said, people go to church on Sunday? <laughs> so you never know. We create cultures. But we're so glad that you are here. I, I want to talk to you today in the continuation of just kind of the jump start for 2013. I love to set goals, and we have some goals that we've set as a church. I've called this message today, What Do We Need to Know? What do we need to know? Because I'm not sure that we always know what we need to know. But if we know what we need to know, we can try to get to know what we need to know. And so it's really important for us to get that right. It was so funny. I was on an airplane Friday, and there was a big tall guy, about 6'8", next to me. And he sat down, and we were talking a little bit. And the, the time came when they shut the door. We were right in the front there by the door, and the flight attendant got on the speaker and said, please turn off all devices, you know, and so I turned my phone off, and, and he has a, a, a Blackberry that he's still messing around with, finally puts, turns it off, puts it in his pocket, and he pulls out an iPhone, he's messing around, and you know that awkward moment when he should be powering it down, and he isn't, and the flight attendant comes on again, like looking at him, could you please power down all your, you know? And so finally, he's still, he's just pushing these buttons. He's turning it around. He looks over at me and he says, do you know how to turn this off? <laughs> Absolutely. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I, I got a brand new job. I'm literally going right now to my first assignment. Today is my first day. And, and they gave me this phone when I left and said, you'll need this, we, that's what we use around here, but I have no idea how to work it. <laughs> See, when you don't know, you just don't know. He was intelligent, bright, kind, considerate. He just didn't know. I, I have four sisters, and Angie, who's the one just older than me, um, we were having dinner one night at, at our home when we were all little kids. And I'll never forget this night because it freaked me out because we didn't know that she was allergic to fish. And we had a fish fry. And she started eating fish, and her mouth started swelling up, and her lips started expanding. Her throat almost closed shut, swollen. It could have killed her. We didn't know. How many of you found an allergic reaction to something when you didn't know? It just, your body reacts a certain way. And so sometimes it's scary. Someone asked me after the last service, was it a big mouth bass? I said, no, that's what she looked like, but we, we don't know what we don't know. And when we walk with God, sometimes the things we don't know are why we can't get out of the ruts we get in. 
And so today's really all about trying to figure that out and find that peace in our lives. The first thing I want you to write down in the back of the, the uh, program there, if you're taking notes, is this. Do we know how to be accountable? Do we really know how to be accountable? Accountable is a pretty big buzzword right now. And you say, well, do you have an accountability partner? Yep. Well, when do, when do you meet with them? Once every five years? <laughs> you know, what, what is accountability? What does that really look like? I'm going to take you to a passage in the Bible that I love. It's Paul writing a letter to his young spiritual son, not physical son, named Timothy. Paul has invested in young Timothy. He has trained him how to be a pastor. Timothy came from a great home. His grandma spoke into his life, his mom. And now he is off pastoring a church, and Paul writes these letters to encourage him of how to be a good pastor. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, if you want to lay your Bible open, we're going to go verse by verse through this passage as we talk a little bit about what we need to know. 2 Timothy 4.1, I solemnly urge you, this is Paul saying this to Timothy, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday, what? Judge. Say that word with me. Judge. Now that's a, that's a really naughty word in our culture right now. So I want you to listen carefully to it. Who, some, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Now, you are either living or dead. Hopefully you are living. I think you are. But what this is saying is that every person, dead or alive, will have a moment with God. Do you agree so far? God will judge the living and the dead. Let's take that seriously because accountability comes first from God. We all will face that. We live in a culture that is so filled with grace. Thank you, Lord. We're in a time when grace fills churches like this. We love people. We respect your journey. If you hate God, we love you today. God has a plan for your life. You just don't know it yet. And so we, we believe the grace of God changes people's lives. I thank God for his grace. However, there will come a day when you will give account for your actions, your attitudes, and your behaviors. And the only way that you will not find damnation by God is if you have repented of the sins in your life. And repentance means I'm going this way and I repent or I turn around. It's 180 degree and now I go this way. Now anything that's been repented in your life and you've walked away from those behaviors, you will not suffer consequences from the judgment of God for those sins. Why? Because that's why Jesus came. Aren't you glad? But we need to be served notice that accountability is a part of what God will bring to this earth. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have people in my life hold me accountable first so that I can be ready when I have my face-to-face -face with God. I have people that I have said, I want you speaking into my life because they, they see me live daily. My attitudes my behaviors, my lifestyle. Um, it's not always easy, but I could probably actually write down five or six names of people who take that job seriously that I've in, invited in to my life. Now, I have to tell you, I have, I have a whole lot more that offer those things to me that I haven't asked them to. Anybody understand that? 
But it's imperative that we have accountability in our lives. I want to practice accountability. Our mission statement as a church is this, and that's in your bulletin as well in the back of tables in the mall. If you weren't here last weekend and got that, please take that home, look it over. If we do that stuff, we will change Northern Colorado. If we do what's on that page, it will impact the world. I promise you it will. But our mission statement as a church, Timberline Church exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. If you are walking with God, you are being transformed every day of your life. You never arrive. I've walked with God my whole life, but one of my greatest fears is that I'm gonna have like one year experience with God 40 times, or two years 20 times, or whatever. I wanna, I wanna have my whole life every year engaged with where God is taking me, and that matters to me, and I know it matters to you. There's accountability in our lives for reasons. Um, how, many, how many of you, when you, when you see a cop and you're driving, you just automatically hit the brake? Yeah, a lot of you. Why would that be? Just in case, right? Maybe you don't know the speed limit. At the, that's accountability. You, you see, for those officers in, in these rooms today, you driving around, it affects us. And, and especially when you're sitting there with that round thing pointed at us. And at first you think, well, that's kind of frustrating. They're trying to catch me speeding. Yes, they are. And, and in, a, in, the, in the big picture, I'm really happy about that. Because can you imagine what it would be like driving with you on the roads with no limitation? How many of you would still do a really good job? See, very few of you. How many of you would abuse the system horribly? And it would be all about you getting to where you're going and it wouldn't matter about anybody else. See, that's why I don't have a Timberline sticker on my car. Bonnie and I were talking the other day about maybe putting those on there because they are kind of cool. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying about it right now, trying to get the release. Just don't want to embarrass the kingdom, right? <laughs> so questions, can you write down some names of people who you're accountable to? Is it real in your life or is it just a buzzword? Number two in your outline, do we know how to be prepared? See, if I, if I learn how to be accountable with my time, money, friendships, relationships, then I also need to be able to know how to be prepared for when battles come in my life. I don't, I don't want to, to face something that I'm not ready for. Now look at what, what Paul says to young Timothy in verse two. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. In other words, it might not be convenient. It might surprise you, but you're gonna have to be ready. Patiently correct, rebuke. That means confront with passion people who, who are not living according to the standards of this book, and yet they say they want to. And encourage your people, I like that. Encourage your people with good teaching. Teaching environments mean learning environments. We talked a little bit about that last week. We are launching a new opportunity for you to get involved. It's called Engage. You have to have a Timberline profile, which is just basically your email and a password 
in order to use Engage. We have purchased the rights to do this. We purchased it for you. We've invested in this. You can't just download an app and do this. It has to come through a local church. And so we said, we're going to do this because we want you growing. We want you learning. It's a tailor-made devotional life study that's all about how you answer the questions. Pastor Brent is going to walk us through it. We're going to take about five minutes right here. You have that insert. Take out that insert in your bulletin, and he's going to walk us through. He found this and has walked us through. Some of you are already doing it. It's really a powerful tool. So let's, let's listen carefully. Thanks, Pastor Brent, yeah, for leading us absolutely. through this. This is a fantastic new mechanism that we have. Let me just kind of walk us through how this works and we can see some of, some of the benefits of this. Once you have a My Timberline profile, as Pastor Dreyer was saying, there will be a link to this totally separate site called Engage. And again, you'll use a, a separate password and email. There can be the same, but these are totally separate systems. And what it'll do is it'll bring you to this page. And when you click on the Create an Account, you just enter some basic information, and then essentially what you do is you take a 15 to 20 minute spiritual life survey. Now this is not like a personality or a gifts survey or assessment. It gives you a snapshot of where you are at on your own spiritual journey, totally unique and tailor-made to you. Now based on that, everything else in this, in this program, there will be an image up here in a second of, of what this looks like, this is this profile of yours. And if you click on this profile, it's going to give you, again, this kind of snapshot of where you are. You could print this off. You could share it with a mentor or a spiritual director in your life. And three themes are going to emerge in, in, in every single person's assessment, which would say, now you found traction in your spiritual life by pursuing this, this, and that. But if you want to continue growing based on where you're at, these are three areas that you're going to want to pursue in your future life. And so as we, if you X out of this and go to the main page, everything else in this program, these are all individual apps, if you want to think of them like that. Everything here is based off of that unique tailor-made profile for you. So for instance, this growth plan, if you click on that, this will take you to suggested next steps for you. And again, each one of these are, are unique for where you're at based on that profile. And these are all kind of assignments. And there's like 20 to 25. And so it might be something, you know, a book to read, an article online, a video to watch, or, or some experience to go do, or a person to connect with. It's some sort of activity which, which will um, help... Help, help grow your spiritual life in some way. And you have the ability after you take each one of these to rate it. Hey, man, this was, this was really helpful. You know, I'm going to give it a five stars out of five, or I'm going to give it a two. Now, one neat thing about this that you really need to understand is when you take this assessment, as you answer questions, as you journal in here, whatever, no one can see this but you. This is password protected. We can't access it or anything along those lines. Bummer. I know. Pastor Derry asked if he could access it. I told him no. <laughs> I don't want to know. I, told him. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> But the, the one thing we can see is how helpful are these individual assignments. And so we can continue tweaking this over time. And you can take notes in there. You take an assignment, you go, man, this really made me think of that. Or boy, I had questions about that. You can take notes in there. As we uh, X out of this app here, another one here is the Bible engagement plan. Now again, this Bible engagement plan allows you to engage with scripture reading on several different levels. It might be what they call a bird's eye view, just what's the big story, what's going on in scripture? Or it could be something real specific like, you know, depending on which one you click down here, those three themes 
that emerged in my life of areas that I need to work on if I want to experience growth, it's going to give me specific scripture readings that will help me in those three particular themes in my life. And again, I can take notes, questions I might have, whatever it might be. As you X out of here, there's a, there's a My Notebook, and this is kind of neat. Any notes that you take in your, in your personal growth plan or your Bible engagement or anywhere, it time and date stamps them, and it puts them in here so you can go back and you can always look at your notes. You can share them again with uh, a friend or someone that you're going through this with. Um, you can X out of this. And any, all the rest of these, I'm not going to go through all of them here, but, you know, the church life, when you first go in there, um, you know, I would say something like, okay, well, I'm a man, so I'm interested in maybe men's ministry. I'm, uh, I'm interested in small groups. I'm interested in volunteering, you know, whatever it might be. I just click which areas I'm interested in. Well, any of the activities, groups, or volunteering that, that is available here at Timberline that meets your specific interests will appear on your app, and they will be there. There are groups. There's a directory. There's just a lot of neat ways to engage in key transformational relationships, to engage in the activities going on in the church, and engage in your own personal spiritual journey. So it's, it's really a fantastic tool. I'm going to be out at table 10 after the service. If you have questions, we've got a computer set up out there. We'd love to talk with you about this. It's pretty user-friendly. Um, so just really, really excited about this new mechanism. Thank you, Pastor yeah. Brent. It really is a, a tool. I've taken the assessment twice. First time I took it, I wasn't very brave. I was trying to be pretty conservative. And the second time, I decided just to be brutal. Like if I even have a tendency towards something, I'm clicking, yeah, sometimes I do that. And man, it has challenged me. It's, it's given me stuff to read and do that I would have never thought of, and that's what I needed. So please go and, and get yourself one of these things. Uh, one of the, the powerful things I recognize is if we become people who just have all input and no outlet, and Engage has ways to, to get this out of you, we become like a stagnant pond. A pond that has no outlet just grows moss. You can't drink the water, and stuff that lands in it dies. Let's not be that in our spiritual lives. Number three in your outline is this. Do we know what to expect? Now this is gonna challenge some of you, so I want you to really open your heart and hear what I'm, what I'm saying about this. Because Paul is gonna say something that I think is gonna resonate with some of you today, and it's kinda of sad, but it's true. Do we know what to expect? Verse three, Paul says to Timothy, a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. Hmm. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the, what? Truth. That's a powerful statement right there. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. <laughs> How many of you would say we just might be in those times? Now, we're not the only culture that's in those times, and I believe we are. Rome, I mean, you look at what happened to Rome, you look at what happened to many cultures, it's just a cycle of what human nature brings us down to. Didn't know that America would be ending up in a place like this. I'm challenged by it. I'm prayerful about it.
people following their own desires, looking for teachers who will tell them whatever they want to hear. They reject the truth. Listen to what the message, which is a different translation of the Bible, it says in the same verse. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They will turn their backs on truth, and they will chase mirages. And our, our core values on that piece of paper, one of the things it says, it says we value being respectful of people's journey, and we do. It says we value being relational in building bridges to our community and world. We value being relevant in communicating what? Truth. Truth. Being real in living and teaching. I'm going to just let you in on something I've done in my life, just even in the last few years, it's been really hard. I no longer expect this nation to follow this book. It's not going to. That's a huge challenge for us. And, and it's very uncomfortable for us to begin to, to be moved into the minority of our faith, our belief systems, who we are, what, what our expectations are. And it's our expectations that get us in trouble. I'm, I, can, I have to make a decision. Am I going to simply live mad about everything that's happening and what's being taken away from my spiritual foundation? I could, and some are. I'm glad Jesus did not do that. He had moments when his righteousness came up against the, the religious. But he loved people. And he decided to live his life in a way to reach out and say to Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, and others, I love you. I want to live with a spirit of love and kindness and grace when deep down inside I feel kind of angry about things happening in our culture. And you know what's happening? You wouldn't believe the notes or the letters I get whenever we touch on something at Timberline that this book teaches that people disagree with. I mean, they're mad. And they'll leave Timberline. And, and they say things like, I can't believe you said that. And I'll say, well, let me read it to you. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Well, it shouldn't be repeated in a church like Timberline. <laughs> well, welcome to the good book. I don't like everything in here. But we're going to preach everything in here, and not everyone's going to like it. And people are going to leave. You know why? And I don't want them to leave. I want them to change their behavior. That's what God wants. But you guys, we've got to make a decision not to just pull our swords out like Peter did that night when Jesus was arrested and start cutting people up. We've got to make a decision to say, God, help us. We may face a time in this culture now where we become such a minority that everything we ever dreamed about seeing in this country isn't going to happen. What are my expectations? If I change my expectations, I'm able to do number four in your outline. And this is really important. These two go together. You ready? Do we know how to focus? Because this is a discipline of laying down my sword and focusing on a way to do life in this nation that can make a difference and build bridges instead of tearing them down. We can succeed at that without compromising the truth. We really can. Look at verse 5. 
Timothy, you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of what? Big word right here. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. We don't know much about that in this country. But we might. We may become the ones who will eventually suffer in this nation for holding up the banner of truth. Work at telling others the good news. Isn't that interesting? In your suffering, don't work at bashing everybody and fixing all the stuff. Work at telling the good news. Now, we, we should do what we can. There's no doubt about it. But our spirit and our attitude means everything. It's Jesus that changes lives. That's why in the heat of suffering, we continue to say the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. I love what the message says about this verse. It says, or in this verse, but you, Timothy, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. Our core purpose as it relates to the peak called Love Reaches here at Timberline is this. Listen to this. Expressing the message of Jesus in word and deed. That means we're going to say it and we're going to do it. And we're going to build bridges and we're going to be kind and we're going to make a difference and we're going to promote Jesus before any other agenda. That's what kingdom people do. Number five, do we know how to finish strong? Do we really know how to finish? A lot of people start, but can they finish? Can I finish strong? Will I be lulled into that sleepy place and get lazy at the end and stagnant at the end? I pray not. I don't believe I will. I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. But we all must realize that it's possible for us to be lulled to sleep or to become so angry that we just check out. Anyone had thoughts lately of just moving away somewhere and buying a cabin on top of a mountain and saying, forget them all. Burn the TV, <laughs> right? I just don't want to know. These are, these are really, really big issues. How are we going to navigate with the knowledge we need and yet the strength that we need. Verse six, as for me, now Paul's at the end of his life. He says this as a mature, dying man. My life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I love this last line. I have remained faithful. See, because we're not at the end yet, we can't say we were faithful all the way to the end because we're not there. But that's what we want to be able to say when we reach the end. I was faithful. When I stand before God, I want to be able to have him say, enter in, thou good and what? Faithful servant. That means a lot to me. Will I finish strong? How will you finish? The last thing in your notes is the sixth thing, and it says... Do we know what brings satisfaction? And this is where we get really confused in our culture because there are many things that bring satisfaction that may or, not, may or may not be of God. It says in this verse 8, Now the prize awaits me, 
the crown of righteousness, and he's not talking about a little metal thing that God's going to put on your head, okay? It's a concept. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I was thinking about this these last few weeks, thinking, how do I reward myself? What are the, what are the instant pleasure moments of my life. And I wonder if you have some. I don't know if you have ever tasted nacho cheese Doritos. <laughs> have any of you tasted those? And then this is going to sound really weird to some of you, but sour cream. And you dip the nacho cheese Doritos in the sour cream and you will have a moment. <laughs> you might think you went to heaven for a second. It is a great taste. I don't know how it developed. How many of you do that? Sour cream and nachos. Oh, wonderful. Let's start a small group. Let's just, very few people have learned this. I want you to learn this. And sometimes when I've been really good and I've been eating salads and I've been working out and I'm feeling good, I just go get a bag of Doritos. Thing is sour cream. But if I did that every day, it would kill me. I can't do that every day. There's something really nice about a big steak or chocolate-covered almonds or even things that aren't edible, like just climbing in a clean car. I wish my wife loved that one. <laughs> so funny. Everything in her life is so organized and clean and perfect, and I climb in her car, and I'm like, really? <laughs> Honey. You know, my dresser's crazy, my office has stuff stacked up, but my car, man, it is good looking. <laughs> I remember I won a pair of sunglasses one time. They were expensive ones, and I put those on, and it was like pleasure. I mean, the way I could see with those sunglasses, climbing in nice, clean, high-thread sheets at night. You ever had that? And it's like, oh. I'm just going to stay here all day. I don't, or like a hot tub that's just the right temperature. Have you ever been skiing and you're looking so forward to getting the hot tub and it's lukewarm? And you just go, kill that thing. It's horrible. I don't know what it is, you guys, but I know this. There's more than instant gratification that God wants us to experience in our lives. Those things that satisfy temporarily can be wonderful, and not all of them are sinful. Thank God but there is something greater, and that is walking in the plan and will of God in your life. When you put your head on your pillow at night and you are who you say you are, and your integrity speaks well of you, and your history will be pure before God, and you will stand before God and he will say, come on in, well done. Let's pray, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you loved us first, that you care about stuff, Thank you that your work in our lives is eternal and powerful. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that my expectations don't have to be on a nation or a person or a legislative body. Thank you that my expectations can be put on you. And whether I suffer, I can be faithful. I can still tell your story. Lord, thank you for that truth and that reality. Nobody can take this out of my heart. Nobody. And I'm so glad. Thank you, God. If you're 
separated from God right now because of unconfessed sin. Maybe sin has trapped you, it's beat you down, it's habitual, it could be an addiction, you've tried. Today I want you to turn from it, get some accountability, tell somebody besides yourself and pick the right person. Let's get on a new track. Right now, start by saying, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. He loves you. He's willing to forgive. That's why Jesus came. But you've got to ask him and you've got to mean it. Lord, I give you my sin. I believe that you died on a cross for me. You rose from the dead for me and I accept it by faith. And now think about a plan of how you can bring other people that you trust into your life to hold you accountable with those private things in your life. Secondly, I want to pray over some of you who would just say, I'm, and this is brutal. Be brutal, okay? Be honest. And I'm actually going to ask you to raise your hand in a second. And I don't keep track of that, but it's good for you to have a gesture toward God. You do pursue temporary fixes, and you know it. I mean, it can just be, it could be food, it could be shopping, it could be material things, it could just be attitude things. But you say, and they're not all bad or sinful, I'm not saying that. But you say, sometimes that quick fix is what I go for, because I just need something to lift me up. But I need to focus on my spiritual development in my life, and I need to make God that first pick-me-up person. Raise your hand, that's you. Lord, I ask you right now to to do something deep in us. That we really, I don't know that we can even do it in, in and of ourselves because we, we know this about us. And now that we know what we know, I thank you that we can act on it. So we're gonna, we're gonna take those impulses even this week and remind us, put a flash in our mind to say, run to God, run to God for this moment, for this fix. And then let us enjoy the blessings that can come with that and those temporary things. But let us keep in mind that you're first in all of those things. The last thing I want us to pray for is that I want you to make a commitment this year that you will be a learner. That you will, whether it's engaged, some of you might not have an interest in engage. I don't know why because it's a fabulous tool. But maybe you have your own devotion away. You're a growing. But will you commit to being a learner? I'm not going to be the same a year from now. I'm going to go on a journey. I'm going to put some knowledge in the tank. I'm going to figure some things out. And I will help you as a church. That's why we exist, to disciple you. But if you need to make that fresh commitment today, just, just slip up a hand to God or shake your head at God and say, yes, that's me. I'm, I'm going to be a learner this year. Lord, thank you for your work. Thank you that when we do get stuck, you come and move us. You take us out of those mud holes. You pick us up and you give us fresh start, fresh insight. Put some wind in some sails today that have been stuck at the dock and help us to get back out into some deep water. Help us to, to know you because of experience and faith having to be stretched and circumstances that we didn't choose that we're gonna, we're gonna grow in. Thank you, God, that we don't have to be afraid of that. We can embrace it because of who you are. We love you, and we thank you for it. In your mighty name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here. There is no life apart from you. Think about what you just said in that song. That's a powerful statement that we get to live. Thank God. I want our prayer team to come. They're going to be available to pray with some of you who have any need that you just need someone to connect with and pray for. If you've prayed a prayer to accept Christ today, we would love to pray with you up here, give you a packet to help you get started. 
There's lots of stuff out there to do and talk to people with profiles and stuff, so please know that's available to you. Lord, go before us now. Let us be strong in you. Let us understand that you have a plan we might not be aware of. Help us not to fear what we hear and what we see, but help us to be strong in faith, encouraging others and lifting your name and presenting you first. In your name we pray it. Amen. Remember the service starts now. Go get them. God bless you. Thanks for coming to Timberline. Have a good rest of your day.